Today's message is entitled, God is with us. God is with us. I want you to put something underneath that title, though. Uh, this is how I would have titled this if I was writing something much longer. And that is, Five Ways to Know. Five Ways to Know God is With Us. Okay? Um, you know, it's really easy for somebody to say, well, you know God is with us. You know that God's for us. Now, the reason why you should be very interested in hearing what God's word says about this and what we, what we know and, and, and have learned about this is um, to the degree, you can write this down too, just remember it, to the degree that you recognize and experience his presence will determine your peace, okay? You, you can be doing good things and yet not feel God because sometimes we just don't know how to walk with him. We don't know how to become one with him. We, we might understand how to be in a state of doing, okay? Um, but, but God's trying to bring us to a state of being. And part of that is understanding who God is. See, God doesn't need to figure out who we are. He already knows who we are, all right? He made us. He handcrafted us. But we need to learn more and more who God is, where God is, and, and that we know that we know, especially living in a world where, where things just seem chaotic and, and, and not too many places are are you feeling like you're seeing God? You've got to know where to find God. So I'm going to share with you five ways that um, we know that God is with us. But before we get started, let's pray. Dear my Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you would open our ears, that we might hear what you want us to hear, open our eyes, that we might see what you want us to see, Lord, and open our hearts so that we might receive what it is you want us to receive. God, I pray that you would do more than I could ever do. You would say things that I don't even know to say. Lord, all I am is your mouthpiece and your servant, um, Lord, and, 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 and all I am, Lord, is, is the messenger, Lord. You are the message. And I pray, Lord, that each person would, would, would right now, Lord, whether they kind of just showed up here or not, I pray that they understand that you divinely placed them here today for such a time as this. And God, that if they're willing and if they're, if they're humble and hungry and seek you with all of their heart, God, they're going to discover more about you today. They're going to draw closer to you today, Lord, as a result of their hearts tuning in and getting aligned with your heart. So God, we just pray your will in this service and in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I have spared y'all. Y'all know normally, if you, if, if you see that the pastor has less than seven points on the worship guide, usually um, something's wrong with me. Well, it wasn't anything wrong with me. It was just whenever God directed me on this message, he said, these are the five key things you need to zone in on. I'm going to tell you, as, as anybody would say with any, anything they teach on or a topic, uh, you can't tell everything there is to know on something. But I'm going to tell you things that you need to know. And some things, I'm going to remind you what you already know. It might be staring you in the face. You just needed a reminder that, hey, yes, that's true. So the first way that we know that God is with us is simply this. Number one, creation displays it. Creation shouts to you and me, hey, here I am. Can you see me up there? Can you see me around? Now, um, I just recently uh, discovered further health concerns I had, and, 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 and one of those was um, the early stages of osteoporosis. And, and so I started doing just like you do with anything. You start trying to do research and stuff. Um, and uh, because from what they said, you know, it's, it's, it's very rare for uh, a, a man my, my age to 
to have started to get this and that. And one of the things that, that was recognized, at least on things that, that can certainly contribute to things, is, is um, Craig Crosby hadn't been getting enough vitamin D, okay? And uh, I haven't been getting out in much sunlight. That's why we keep the lights down. It makes me look like, man, you know what? He's got a little bit of a tan if he's got the right lighting going on, you know? Then I walk out there, and you're like, brother, did you get out recently? Um, but... You know, when you, when you don't have that sunlight, um, you, you, you can't be as alive as you need to be. Listen, when we fail at least once a day to, to not at least once see what God has done, sometimes we can really move away from who God is. Because some, one of the ways I believe God draws us back to himself or at least makes us go, you know what, there's got to be someone bigger than me. There's got to be someone holding all this together. That would be the God. All you need to do is look in the sky and look in creation and you see his handiwork. Psalm 19 verses 1 through 2 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Verse 2 says, Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Again, I got to go back to some of you hunters. I can hear you right now. Now, babe, I know I've gone deer hunting seven days in a row, but you heard the preacher. That's where I'm going to meet with God. I'm not going out there to shoot no deer. Um, partial truth to that, ladies. Listen, creation, it speaks loudly that God is all around us. That there is a God, but you're not him. God's word says, because of creation, if you knew nothing else, if you never even knew of his word, you have no excuse if you've looked out at what God's created and not believing that God exists and that God is still existing. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Don't argue with anybody, anybody, on whether or not God exists. Because that insults your intelligence and theirs. Don't, don't, no, no need to dialogue on that. We can all come up with questions. It does not change what we see. Even though, listen, just because you can't understand God doesn't mean you can't clearly see God. It's a lot of misunderstanding. God, why'd you let this happen? Why'd you let that happen? Where are you right now? But we know he exists because this, this world is still spinning on his, his finger. Job 12, verses 7 through 10 says this, But ask the animals, and they will teach you. Are the birds in the sky, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you. Or let the fish in the sea inform you. Fish and permission too, guys. Verse 9, Which of all of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. I would tell this to anybody if they said, well, well, you, you, you believe that God exists? I said, just as much as, as, as my dog and cat does. If they can understand it, we can understand it. We might not be able to make sense of it. Listen, mankind, the smartest people on this planet, both past and present, 
have tried to figure out all of his creation. And you know it's his creation when man can't explain it. It's like when he does something in your life. You know God did it when you knew you couldn't do it. Or maybe doctors had never seen it before. Listen, one of the major ways that we see God's very nature, his greatness, his power, his presence, is it is displayed through creation. Isaiah 40, 26 says, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? That's a question. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army one after another, calling each by its name because of his great power and incomparable strength. Not a single one is missing. I don't think God wants us to figure out everything he's created. I think he wants us to stand in awe of everything he's created. Some things we're meant to understand. Other things we are meant to recognize, hey, that's, that's God territory. You can't explain it, but you can't deny it. Psalm 8.1 says, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic and glorious and excellent is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. Psalm 90, verse 1 through 2 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place, our refuge, our sanctuary, our stability in all generations. Before the mountains were born or before you had given birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are the eternal God. Listen, um, they may not have had the technology we have 100 years ago, but they still had the same creation. In fact, you, one could argue it was easier to able to see what God's done when man had not so, so much staying busy in what they're trying to create instead of enjoying what God's created. But secondly, we see this, that every breath reveals it. Every breath reveals it. I'm talking about your breath. Your breath. Every breath reveals it. Every breath reveals that God is with us and that God is still breathing life into us. Listen, the only reason you're alive right now, the only reason you're alive, the only reason you'll stay alive is that God has breathed life into you. That's how it all started for all of us, by the way. Your mama, yes, you owe her a lot because she carried you a long time, but God made you and God kept you alive. We just facilitate the process. Gen Genesis 2-7 says, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Listen, every day you wake up, God is doing CPR on you. And he keeps all your oxygen levels exactly where it needs to be. He keeps your blood pressure wherever it needs to be. He keeps you with the ability to live. Listen, we, we didn't just evolve from our ancestry. We evolved from the one who created the first and the next and the next and the next. And then he, he created us. The Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb. And that at, at the moment of, of our life, he breathed life into us. Job 33, 4 says, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So, Listen, if you, if you woke up today, as we all say, but sometimes we can't say with the same degree of joy, depending on how we feel, if God woke you up today, it is a God-made day because he breathed his life, his breath into you. The presence of God is in you because the breath of God is in you.
that's why you're able to walk. That's why you're able to talk. That's why you're able to feel. That's why you're, you're, you're still able to live out his purpose for you and why he created you. Listen, if God wasn't breathing life into your lungs right now, you would cease to exist here. Job 34, verses 14 through 15. If God were to take back his spirit, his breath, and withdraw his breath, all life would cease. And humanity would turn again to dust. Listen, you got to thank God that you haven't turned back to dust because it's only God. Psalm 104, 29 and 30 says, but if you, if you turn away from them, they panic. If God was not to keep breathing and looking towards you and, 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 and helping you, you'd panic. When you take away their breath, they die and they turn again to dust. When you give them your breath, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. The reason why we always have a reason to praise God outside of, okay, well, God, you know, I stand in all of your creation is the fact that why would you not praise most the one who helps you the most, the one who actually has given you any ability whatsoever that you have to live and to thrive and to overcome. We praise God with every breath because God gave us every breath. Isaiah 42, 5 says, He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. That brought to my mind this, that, that, that one, one thing we really need to, to get back into our culture, um, and it's been traveling away from us for a long time, reverency, Okay? I'm not talking about whether we casual, dressed up, or not. I'm talking about reverency. I'm talking about the awe of God, the, the, the humility before God, God being here and us looking from here instead of us trying to act like, well, God, I'll tell you something every now and then. I'll talk to you every now and then. God, I'll, I'll worship you every now and then. Listen, God wakes you up every day. Why wouldn't you praise him every day? Why wouldn't you live for him every day? See, you go back to about people transitioning in life because I know God can snuff out my life today, this hour. But thirdly, we know God is with us because God's word promises it. God's word promises it over and over again, over and over again. This didn't just start um, in the New Testament or some latter book in the Old Testament. From Genesis to Revelation, over and over and over again, God tells us not to be afraid or fear not. It's hundreds and hundreds of times that he says that. And there's one main reason why he says not to be afraid, because I am with you. He never says because you're so strong or you figured it out or you're so safe. He's like, no, because I'm with you, you can be at peace. You don't have to fear. You can put your faith in me. By the way, that's how you overcome your greatest fears is to take your greatest fears to God and trust him by faith. Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. That's a statement there. At the same time, it says, here's why. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes we have to check ourselves and realize there's no place we're at that's taking God by surprise. And there's no place that we're at that God's not right there and is not promised to be right there, especially for those who trust him. Listen, there's certain seasons that we go through in life where we really do genuinely wonder. We may not say it out loud, 
Sometimes we're forced to because of, of the brokenness or something. But, but there's many times where we say, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. Or, or God, where are you in this valley? And God needs you to know right there with you. Just as I've always shown you that I was there, I'm there. As close as the air you breathe. As long as there is air to breathe, I am there. Psalm 23, 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, that valley can mean many things to many people. And maybe you're in your darkest valley ever. You say, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. There's two ways, by the way, that, that, that we, we um, feel God's presence in, in, in respect to, to God's promises of it. One, one is, is just knowing it's there mentally um, and then um, seeking it. Uh, you're, you're pursuing it. You're trying to walk with God. Listen, anytime you're trying to walk with God, you're going to feel more of God. But anytime you're doing your own thing and you're just kind of every now and then referencing God or you pull him out when you need him, you don't feel him as much. But when you, that's, that's why it's not a bad thing whenever God keeps us on both knees. Because sometimes that's the only way. That's, there's a reason why in our darkest times we feel the closest to God, even if we feel the most vulnerable. Because God has all of our attention. We're leaning on him completely. We know that's the only way we got out of bed. Listen, you can make it through anything, the scripture says, with God by your side. You can overcome anything. Not because you're stronger than it, but because he's stronger than it and he's stronger than you. And he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. Isaiah 41.10 says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you can identify with me when, when you know in your heart of hearts, the only reason you've kept going is because he keeps holding you up. He keeps strengthening you. He keeps meeting you wherever life finds you. Just when you go, well, man, this, this definitely is going to have to sink me. This is definitely going to destroy me. This is definitely going to be where I have a true nervous breakdown. And there he comes swooping in when you're at the complete end and all your nerves are shattered and he picks you up. And he says, hello. I know you only see one set of footprints, but it's not yours. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. And then it says, He will never leave you nor forsake you. The one confidence that a true child of God and believer in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection um, uh, gives to a, a child of God who's been saved and, and, and confessed Jesus as their Savior and Lord is we don't just have the guarantee of God being around us and being there for us. Now we know that he's going to be with us forever. He's, 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 we got a forever promise. And, and if, you, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you get that guarantee. You know, some people, there's, listen, the world is full of people who God died to save through his son Jesus. That was God in the flesh, by the way, Emmanuel, God with us. They just haven't gotten their ticket. But if they would only realize how much God loves them, how much he is there for them, how much he's going, hey, how long and what must 
I allow you to go through anymore before you put both your hands out to my hand? What, what else am I going to have to do? Listen, the reason we can be confident in the midst of great adversity, even if you're, di- listen, you're going to have the greatest level of disappointment and still have a greater confidence in God just by feeling his closest, just by knowing more than ever you're leaning in. But listen, you can be confident in the midst of great adversity, in the midst of great pain, in the midst of great loss, in the midst of, of great heartache, and even through the, 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 the valley of the greatest tragedies. Listen, because God promises that every single step we take, even if it's just this one step today, he promises to be with us every step of the way. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you from captivity. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And and through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. Nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Listen, God's word says this. Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate a true believer in Jesus Christ from the love of God and the presence of God in their lives. Regardless, whether this side of heaven or definitely when we get to heaven. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, and I am convinced, that means I'm confident, I'm sure, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves everybody, but only those who choose to trust in his son Jesus Christ can they experience that love. So some of you got to quit fighting with God and let God love on you. Sometimes we got to quit loving all the things that, 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 that don't necessarily love us back and love the one who, who's given us enough to, to, to inspire us to love him and compel him, us to love him and others the rest of our life. We know that God is with us because God promises in his scripture. But fourthly, we know that God is with us because the Holy Spirit assures us. We know because the Holy Spirit assures us. There's three, there's three, there's three um, pieces, if you want to say, or, or ways um, that, that God's embodied. The Father, the Son, Jesus. He sent Jesus to us, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, they call it the Holy Ghost because, why? You can't always see it. But you can feel it. You can't always put your finger on it, but it's there. It's there in your life if you're a believer. It's there in other people's lives. Listen, the Holy Spirit actually assures us personally, okay, of God's presence in our lives. Declaring Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, God promises the moment after we've given our heart and life to him that he will give us the Holy Spirit. Once again, this is one of those things he, he breathes into us. It's, it's, it's like the lights come on spiritually, okay? You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know every scripture for Jesus to have saved your life, changed your life, come into your life. And once he comes into your life, see, see it's the spirit as it overtakes us that makes it where people are able to see that we're spirit-led, not just gut-led. That we're spirit 
spiritually confident, not just personally and momentarily confident. Listen, God promises to give us the Holy Spirit, and this means that God comes to live within us, and not just your heart, live within you, period, your, your body. Therefore, listen, if God comes to live within you, then you know that God is always with you. John 14, 16, and 17, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You know why some people just, just want to believe that Christianity is just a crutch for the weak? And they don't want to believe all this stuff um, because, again, it doesn't make sense to them. And I would just kindly tell that person, God doesn't always make sense to me. I just believe him. He's not always going to make sense. And, and again, your human mind is never going to be able to fully comprehend God's mind. The scripture says his ways are higher than our, our ways. His thoughts are more than our thoughts. Ours are like a grain in the sand. His is like the beach and beyond. Listen, if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has come into your life. If you choose to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, the Holy Spirit will come in. Here's the difference between what the Holy Spirit does versus your gut. Anybody might feel guilty that they got caught doing something. Let's just say that they knew it was wrong or we knew that it was illegal or whatever. By the way, not everything wrong in God's eyes is illegal. Okay? Just, just remember that. But... You know, the difference is everybody may feel guilty, but the Spirit of God will make you convicted, okay? And because that Spirit of God is now living in you, even though you have that flesh that might be leading you and misleading you, particularly ways that God doesn't want you to go, and so you still have that pulling at you, um, the Spirit of God, you don't even have to see me at church. How many of you know what I'm saying? The Spirit of God will deal with you. All right. That's one thing I don't worry about. I don't worry about children of God having God speak to them. God's living in them. They can't run. He blood bought you. He, he, he invaded you. He's come into your life. You can never go back to living like you're a non-believer whenever you become a true believer. By the way, sometimes the greatest evidence that, that, um, that someone isn't a true believer, they've never given God a... a um, uh, they really don't give him much of any t attention. They don't really give him any, any acknowledgement in their lives. They're not really leaning on, on him. Listen, the Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, is what empowers you. If God took his Holy Spirit right now from you, you would be the worst reflection of a Christian anyone could be because all of us already are like filthy rags compared to his holiness, all right? I don't know about you. I'm like, um, I, got, uh, I, I have to create general categories for my sins because I can't be dealing with all them subpoints. Okay? Because, it's, listen, sometimes you're just like, man, God, I just really, really missed the mark today. Again, the Holy Spirit, it's like, listen, we can't have that all up in here. We can't. That's not the way to go. That's not life. Romans 8, verse 9 says this. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. It is true that you should be able to know the, 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 the fruit, you know, 
vice, vice leaves, vice limbs, vice growth. When God's Spirit comes to live within us, we are now not only able to see God out there, but know that God's in here. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of, of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I believe the power comes from when you just know that you know that you know you're not alone. God is in you. God is empowering you. And God's not leaving you. Listen, sometimes we have to remember what the Apostle Paul pointed out, and that's that, um, you know, even this body of ours, it's, it's not ours. It has been overtaken and not by aliens. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? It is a gift, by the way. It's not, a, not, not, not something to torment you. It may be led to convict you and guide you to all truth, but it's a good thing. God gave it to us. It's, it's another gift. He gave us his son. He gave us creation. He gave us his word. And now he's given us his spirit. He's like, listen, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Surely I'm with you always. He says, you do not belong to yourself. The Holy Spirit lives within you. Sometimes the only thing that, that determines whether or not we're, on, we're walking with God in the moment versus we're just, we tried to hit the cruise button and, and we're just kind of, just drifting backwards or feeling distance from him is, um, is we have to get back to letting the Spirit lead us. Let the Spirit of God lead your life. Let the Spirit of God be your confidence. In fact, the Scripture says this. I love this one about prayer. It says that even when we don't even know what we ought to pray, the Spirit intercedes. The Spirit intercedes. I'm sure some of you have had this experience. I've had it many, many a time where God puts on my heart to pray for someone, and he puts it very, very heavy, but I have no clue what they were going through. You know what I'm talking about. And so, and so you're, not, you're not coming to them to tell them everything that you know or to tell them you know anything. If I call up somebody and it's a crazy time at night, I'm like, listen, you just kind of have to forgive me if I got this wrong, but I feel like God's telling me i got to pray with you. And, and I've, I've heard these words many a time. How do you know? There's a difference in... Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm always going through something. Versus, man, you could not have called me at a more perfect time. And it's because the Spirit of God aligns things. Listen, when you let the Spirit of God align you, then that puts you right where you're meant to be, being exactly who you're meant to be, saying what exactly you're meant to say, doing what exactly you're meant to do. When you walk in step with the Spirit, not only is it a blessing to you, you are a blessing to others. But last but not least, we know God's with us because, number five, God keeps watching over us. God keeps watching over us. How many of you, again, you don't have to raise your hand, but you, you, every time I ever tell you that, 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 that sometimes I feel and can relate to my, my granddaddy, what he said when he was in his early 80s about telling the doctor that he had high mileage on rough roads. How many of you, you feel that way? How many of you know that your strength ran out a long time ago? You've been, you've been borrowing off of God's reserves a long time. You've been borrowing breath from him. You've been borrowing strength from him. And you've only been taking the next right step and a step because of him. He's been carrying you and carrying you and carrying you. Isaiah 46.4 says this. 
He'll keep carrying you. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you, and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. Listen, often it takes us um, reflecting on the past, looking back at things that we've been through and God took us through for us to remember, hey, the same God that gave me mercy, grace, protection, guidance, and goodness in those seasons is the same God I can trust in this season. While we might not have seen clearly the hand of God, we normally don't. When you're going through the greatest trials, it is very hard to see. It is very hard to see the good. We may go, well, hey, I know the scripture tells me that God works all things uh, for my good and for his glory, but we're not feeling it. By the way, sometimes you got to have faith long before you have the feelings, okay? You, you, that God will bring the feelings in time. God will bring the peace with time. God will bring the confidence. But you got to first weather that, that eye of that storm where you initially don't just freak out because you're fizzling out. You've got to go, God, I remember how you worked in that person's life. God, I remember how you worked in, in my life. Lord, there's not been a time, even though I felt this particular way, just in a different type of way, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, God, I feel your presence. I feel your presence in my life, God. And Lord, I want to trust it even now. Psalm 40:11 says, Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. You know what I hear the psalmist saying right there? God, do what you've always done. Do what you did last week. Do what you did yesterday. That's pretty much what I ask him every week. I'm like, God, you showed up last week. Please do that again today. Listen, it's obvious when we look back and we see things that we could not have gone through or overcome ourselves and we see the, the faithfulness of God I want, you to, I want you to write this down. This is something God gave me this week. God's past faithfulness is always a good indicator that God will be faithful. God's past faithfulness, it is always a good indicator that God will be faithful. If he carried your great-grandmama and your grandmama and anybody else, who's lived in this world that was willing to put their little hand in his big hand. He took them through everything regardless whether it was the greatest depression or whether it was the greatest valley, then he will do that for you. Especially if you're a child of God because as he said, you're not your own, you're mine. I'm watching out for you better than your parents would and you know how much they love you. But how much more so does your heavenly father love you and, and is there going, hey, I'm going to help you. Don't fight with me. Let me fight for you. Psalm 91 verse 1 through 2 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High, they will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. And I want you to hear this. The, 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 the decision to trust God and walk by faith in God, it is a decision. It is a not a feeling, but it is a step of faith. The greatest blessings we can experience from God are, are promised 
to those who believe in Jesus and humbly walk with God. How are you going to even feel his presence more in your life? You've you got you to open up that word occasionally, okay? You, you, you've got to swallow some of his, of his scripture because the Bible's his love letters for you. you you've got to try to tune into the spirit of God and not just give in to the flesh of man. And, and you've got to decide that you're not just going to try to work for God. God doesn't need you to work for him. God needs you to walk with him and he'll work through you. He'll work for you. You find this through humbly walking with him. Psalm 121, 5 through 7 says, The Lord himself watches over us. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. Listen, God has and always will watch over those who turn to him and trust in him through Jesus Christ. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. As you bow your heads with me, I want to just remind you of these five things. We can all be sure that God is with us because his creation speaks loudly. The breath of life that he breathes into us speaks loudly. He promises us in his word time and time again. He, he lives within us through his Holy Spirit and he continues to watch over us. That's where we see the hand of God. Would you bow your heads with me? Dearly Father God, Lord, Lord, may we each today choose to surrender our hearts and our lives underneath your Lordship. God, we thank you that we don't serve a God that is make-believe, but Lord, gives us too many reasons to not believe. God, bring our faith up, Lord, where, where it's just too low. Lord, increase our peace in your presence where we just haven't felt your presence, God. Lord, put us where you want us to go. Take us by the hand. Show us the next right step. Lead us by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray if there's anyone right now that they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they'll choose today to admit their sin, to believe in your son Jesus who died on the cross for their sins so that they could be forgiven. And Lord, just as he overcame the grave and overcame death for us, Lord, through Jesus Christ, we too can overcome death and this life through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, who, who forgives us of all sin and saves us from the flames of hell, God. And we thank you, Lord, that we can uh, uh, be guaranteed of your Holy Spirit, Lord, when we invite you into our heart and life. So, Lord God, I pray today that no one would leave lost, Lord, but they would seek you and trust you as their Savior and Lord. And God, I pray for each and every person, whatever their valley right now, whatever their heartache, Lord, as breathtaking as it is, I pray that they know, Lord, there's not going to be a breath that you're not breathing in them and breathing for them. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This altar is open. Would you stand with us right now? I'm available here. If you'd like me to speak with you, or this altar is open. It's a place of grace.